Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Uh, first of all, I'm Yolanda at DryerBuzz. Uh, if you guys are coming in or seeing the podcast, hopefully you have followed before and the journey we've just been on. Or maybe you saw the title and the title was like, oh, cool, that's interesting. Becoming Leading Women. Angela Stalkup and I are both coming to you live from Atlanta. And we just did a series, kind of a podcast series based on Michelle Obama's book um, and her tour stop. She had a tour stop for Atlanta. We got a chance to go. I don't know. if Are you still riding as high as I am? on? The I train? tell you, I everybody I talked to, I'm like, oh, let me tell you what, I, what Michelle Obama said. Yes. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I know. And we were trying to figure out, we, we thought, you know, that that was going to be it, but we've had such an amazing time getting together on the podcast um, that we've tried to figure out like, where, where will we go from here? So that's the question we're going to put to you guys. Hey, that MJ Gibson is on. So, and some others are coming in and I said, one of the things we're going to do, hello to everyone. Laura Womack is on there from the uh, West coast. And guys, if you catch this anywhere else on a replay, we taped them live on a Tuesday afternoon on Periscope. And I know platforms are like, oh, please stop me. Listen, we are live and interactive on Periscope. And we keep this thing up. Hello there, Travis Stuckey. So you're going to hear us shout some people out. You're going to hear us talk about our top commenters. But um, there's a question on the floor. It's like, Angela, I was like, Angela, do we continue? Do we continue to podcast? Um, do we do it based on books? Do we do? And we came up with just today, really, <laughs> uh, leading women, becoming leading women to borrow from the first lady and her becoming book. And just to go ahead and talk about what it is to become leading women. Angela, I, I hear you still getting situated, but I have the perfect clip for you. I okay. literally have the perfect clip. And mind you, my, I went, I said, let me just go and grab something, a one minute real quick from what point I am. You know, Oprah dropped a book, like Beyonce drops an album. Oprah dropped a book. <laughs> it's, it's a free download <laughs> and it's called The Path Made Clear. And it's her, it's some conversations that she's having with others and all, just all of this. And when I grabbed this clip, as I was listening to it, I said, okay, let me just grab one minute. She then goes on to quote something that I based my life on. And I got it from Iyanla. Iyanla got it from The Alchemist. And Oprah goes on to give that, give that quote about The Alchemist. And, and it's about having the universe at your disposal. So mm. let me play that for you. Let me see. Let me see. Where did I say that? Uh, I, I want to make sure I get it just right. All right. Let me make sure my sound is up. So I can play it. Here we go. And this is what we're going to talk about. I think this is going to set off the whole path that we're on. Your intention has to be pure. How many times have you witnessed someone get close to achieving a goal only to see it all suddenly fall apart? Or he or she does reach the top of the mountain but can't hold on. Maybe you too have struggled with near misses and not quite realized dreams, yet are unable to pinpoint why. Self-sabotage can be a devastating cycle. I believe deeply in what Paulo Coelho so famously wrote in his seminal book, The Alchemist. When you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it. Time and again, 
I've seen how the universe rises up to meet the vision that lives inside us. But just as often, I've seen dreams crushed. The variable between winning the race and faltering at the finish line lies with one of the guiding forces in my life. Intention. Mm. Intention. 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 We all got, we all have good intentions. We all have goals. We all have things that we're striving to reach. We all, we all have it. You know, I'm sitting here, I'm staring at a book that I wrote. I'm staring at, I've been working on the kitchen all day with intention, trying to get it in the, you know, intention. I love that part about the alchemist. Have you ever like just thought, have you ever just had a thought? that you wanted something and then all of a sudden here are these little reminders and here are these opportunities that you can have it. Like Angel and I said, hey, you know what? We need to find, we need, we've got to do something together. And every time here comes one opportunity after another for us to do it, but we become so overconsumed with the responsibilities, the accountabilities, you know, think, especially women, we think that we're not ever ready, right? Mm-hmm, we say, mm-hmm. oh, well, let's, let's wait. Maybe if, you know, what if you, Angela, what if we had said, well, let's not podcast before. Let's wait till after yeah, Michelle yeah. comes to town, right? We yeah. were like, no, nope, let's go. Let's go. And there were days we weren't ready, but mm-hmm. we, we still went into it. And those are some of the best shows. Because I think when you have that question on it, mm-hmm. then, then it leads you further. Go ahead. No, that's exactly it. I was going to say, there's the times that we were just sort of like winging it that we got into really great stuff because we just were able to go with the flow and go with, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and in conversation, you know, Yolanda, I've said this before. I've probably said this. In, oh, I see where, are we still recording? I see a flat line. Let's see. Hopefully it's, it's, oh, still there it is. Cool. Yeah. There, there okay. It is. Go ahead. So, you know, but this this idea that, you know, that if you're just free and you're not thinking ahead about what you're saying, right, and you're just engaging in the moment, right, that that's really when great stuff happens. Again, I'm getting mm-hmm. a flat line. Okay, there I we know, go. I see it too, but I, I don't so know. So I don't know if that means it's going or... in and out. Yeah. Can you guys, anybody... is somebody in, can you let me know if you hear Angela or if you only yes. hear me? Because it seems like we get the we get the file. You want to jump jump on? Yeah, jump let's... I, I mean, I hear you, and I just want to make sure that they hear you. Okay, so we'll. Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, if anybody in the I audience, I see a heart. I'm... Somebody tapped the heart, so maybe they can. Yeah, hear. that's good. So okay, okay, good, oh, good. Thank you. Um, uh, yes, they said they hear both. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, okay, thank go you. Ahead. So, um, yeah, so the, so the, but the, the point being is that when you're just really listening and engaging, right, then you're able to go to places that you didn't anticipate. And so, you know, to this point, uh, clearly them having some, uh, some issues there with technology and it's, it's throwing me off, but yeah. And, and, and that whole, that quote about intention, and I don't know if you uh, remember this because Yolanda and I both got to go see Oprah last time she was on tour. And she was here in, in in Atlanta, and she went deep into this idea of what intention means. And so I, I I'm sure that since we're going to talk, we're going to start with this book, right? <clears throat> and start with what Oprah's doing. You know, I won't give away too much, right? But to say what you think of intention, what I thought of as intention going into that event, 
mm-hmm. I left with a different idea of what intention meant. And I thought, I don't think I really understood what intention means, right? It's mm. not just, I intend to do a thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so we intend to do a podcast or I intend to, uh, you know, to get my finances together. I intend to start exercising more. That's, we, we think of that as an intention. No, no, no. The intention is what is, is deeper in our mind, right? And so she gave the example, and I, and I don't know if you remember this story. Do you remember where she had to turn Stevie Wonder down, where she had to say no to Stevie Wonder? No, this wait is, a minute. This is, this is a great story. This is a great story where, where And we're Oprah, talking not about Oprah. Was it Oprah? I'm talking about Oprah Winfrey said no to a request from Stevie Wonder, right? And so in this idea, of, this was her breakthrough moment of working on intention. Right. And so one of the things that she had as an intention was I don't want to participate in things that I'm not really passionately involved and concerned with. Because she that, was always in this book. This was a, this is something she said at our event. I don't know if it's in this book. I haven't gotten. Oh, you, you're this going. Is, OK, wait, because you're going, going back, back to the Oprah. I'm event. going back to me, me and you. Got to meet okay. Miss Oprah Winfrey, right? <laughs> All right, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So I'm talking. Yeah. So I don't know if this is in the book or not. I'm free. I'm I'm totally winging it. Is this, so this is from the stage. This is my friend Oprah told me this when we were hanging out, right? It's, but that she was like, you know, that she she's constantly being invited by very famous people to participate right. in charities and events, and she was just like, it's too much. I can't do it. And so she so she was like, you know, my intention is that I'm only going I'm going to say no to things that are not just my top whatever. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, okay. Here's, so here she goes, you know, she's like, well, why do I keep saying, saying yes? So then somebody will approach her and she's like, oh, I can't, you know, I don't want to hurt their feelings or I don't want to seem like a, you know, she's a billionaire. So I don't want to seem like I'm a terrible person because I'm saying no. And what she realized was she had a competing intention, right? Mm. The competing intention to, I don't want to say yes to things that, that are going to suck up my time that I'm not really involved in. The competing stronger intention underneath it was, I don't want to say, I don't want to, I want to seem nice. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Mm -hmm. And so that intention that she didn't even realize she had was was supplanting the intention that she thought she was putting in the universe. And that when she finally recognized it and said, oh, wow, my intention to not seem like a bad person is outweighing this intention to say no. And when she said, I'm just going to go with the intention to say no, the first one that came up was Stevie Wonder asking her to participate in something. And she's like, mm-hmm. dang it, you know, I'm going to have to right. say no to Stevie right. Wonder. And she did. She was like, I'm sorry, you know, my, I'm, I'm, I'm booked, I'm solid, I can't do it. And he was like, great, catch you next time. And the world, and so, you know, and the world didn't end and Stevie Wonder didn't curse her and they're still friends, right? So this idea of intention, I think, will be really interesting moving mm-hmm. forward as a, as, as a core concept, because you may think you have an intention. If something's not happening, it's because you don't know what, what you've really intended. And it's excavating that, that is the challenge. Cause you may not even realize what that intention is. And I will stop talking now, Yolanda. Well, you know what, (laughs) and and, and good, great example too, because on that, when you, the, you said the world didn't end, mm-hmm. I have been, one thing that I have been grappling with in becoming a leading w- woman is when people say, if it doesn't kill you, mm-hmm. you know, and then it comes that part, it makes you stronger. I have not yet been able to say to myself with the things that I have been through, 
that I even want it to be stronger. It, if it doesn't kill you, that mm-hmm. that part right there, I've I've just been dealing. I, that has been echoing in my head. If it doesn't kill you, I love when you said the world didn't end because so many of us go through our day, our weeks, our months, our years, thinking that the decisions that we make. We put so much emphasis on it, you know, uh, me being a mom of four and mm-hmm. that's four different personalities. And, and I've got one of those personalities and the others that get on me because there's this sense of urgency with that one, because I know that particular one, there are no alternatives. And, and it's almost like when they want something, I feel like that universe, like I have to catch myself to say, no, it's it, it doesn't require all of that. I am learning going forward is I don't have to give anything my all. Uh, and mm-hmm. I know we're so used to being told, give it your all. Give yes. it your all. I At this particular age, going through all the things that didn't kill me, mm-hmm. I have come to realize that there has been nothing, not a single solitary thing other than myself that is required that literally physically emotionally mentally required my all yeah there was always a little something left over even when I thought I was all in even when I thought I was giving it my all I realized whoa there is something it's it's like saying you don't know your own strength Mm -hmm. right there's always something to, to go to. There's always a place to go to. There, there's always a little bit more to add or to grab. And that's what I have learned about becoming a leading woman, stepping out on issues, stepping out on things that needed to get done in the community, being a voice to speak up at times where other people wouldn't speak up, you know, coming mm-hmm. into blogging, taking on all of this. Um, even when we thought we had no time ever to podcast, look how the universe carved out what I can hang out in my kitchen, you can hang out in yours, and we can jump on here and podcast that whole, the universe. And I think it's being respectful of the order of these things trying to write themselves, order themselves, become anointed, become appointed. Mm -hmm. We get in the way of all of that. The world doesn't end on it. Go ahead. Absolutely. And um, it makes me think about a, a, a documentary on Netflix and typically, I have kind of canceled um, middle-aged white guys. I'm like, I don't care what they have to say. I don't. Uh, that's good for you. You've been talking long enough. Y'all can just sit down. But this is a middle-aged white man who did it, who's done a Netflix documentary. And he, uh, if you may have heard him interviewed on Fresh Air, and he did the, he started. Um, researching a thing called industrial musicals. So I'm not going to get all into it. It's a really I know where you're weird, going. it's a weird, obscure topic. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was a, he's a, was a writer for David Letterman show. And mm-hmm. he was kind of just a, he was a guy who just went to his job and worked and, you know, a very classic kind of dude. And he just got interested in these industrial musicals that nobody even heard, really had heard of. And it's been almost, I think, it's been 20 years that he's been now researching and doing whatever. And from this weird little curiosity that he just couldn't let go of, he has basically formed around him a community of people. He's contacted all these artists who, who, you know, some of these people who wrote these weird musicals 
were Broadway, you know, the ones that did Fiddler on the Roof, did these and did these musicals for like General Motors and, uh, you know, and uh, uh, John Deere tractors. But what I find interesting about this is that he had the, like I said, he, he even said, I had this weird interest and little did I know that in pursuing it, what would come of it. And I thought, wow, think about how often we have some sort of weird interest, right? Mm-hmm. Some curiosity, something that's just poking at us. And we think that's weird. Or who am I to do this? Like, he's like, he didn't know music. He didn't know anything about Broadway. He didn't even know anything about Broadway. He just was, he just couldn't quit thinking about it. Right. And I'm like, how many times do we stop ourselves right at that point And we judge what that little thing is that's compelling us. Right. It's pointing us in a direction and we judge it and we shut it down. This guy was able to take people whose art and work had basically, they felt like it had been lost and like they're all old. And he, so many of these people he got to before they died, like in the process of filming this documentary, these, these, these dudes are dying. Right. And he was, he was able to dignify them in a way that they had not been in their lives. Mm. I thought, did he ever think that that was what was going to happen when he got interested in industrial musicals? No. So I think that there is something in this, like you say, saying, there was an issue that is important to you. And you're like, yep, I'm going to speak up on it. Instead of saying, well, who am I to speak up? And how, you know, and is anybody going to listen to me? And it's to say, no, are you compelled to do it? Set that intention and do it, right? Right. And, and mm. it may go nowhere, but it may be transformative in a way that you never imagined. Mm. I, like, I like how you said that because... He set out, first of all, to satisfy a curiosity that he had within himself. Mm-hmm. And then, again, uh, the universe, you know, offered up this opportunity for him to do more. I remember my first time, you know, sitting down. I can literally remember the day that I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write something out. I'm going to write something about this, that, and the other that's going on. And then if somebody saw that and they said, well, maybe you should go to this or maybe you should go to that. Just how all of this stuff plays out. So, again, Angela, I can take you guys on an mm-hmm. amazing, amazing journeys. Uh, she is an excellent strategist. I'm a, I love researching. And we like to both apply history to this thing. And so mm-hmm. we were trying to figure out where to go. We didn't want to, like, just stick with books. We talked about it, it, documentaries, interviews, uh, audio pieces. I mean, just all of this and bringing it back to bringing women back into focus on this because like she says and, and me from my experience with media uh, it is a middle aged white male world mm-hmm. it really is I mean anytime I go to request credentials they want to know well, how many middle aged white men are going to see it going to read it that's mm-hmm. the first tier mm-hmm. of media okay And, and I don't say that to say if there's anything wrong with that. They are the ones that are driving storytelling at this point, right? They, I mean, always have. When, when the newspapers are printed, all of that stuff above the fold, when it hits that front porch, they understand it's usually 
for the has been in the history of, of, of printing is a printing the word. It's going, that's who's going to go to the porch or to the yard to pick it up the first thing to see. So there's a lot of things that are dominated in this industry or in storytelling period to appeal to those first eyes. Those are the first eyes on it, right? He takes it in the house. It goes to the family, goes to somebody grabs this section. I'm talking about newspapers here, but that's literally how Hmm. that whole, that whole system of, of print journalism, print newspapers is what's driving how we are expected to even engage in social media. Well, let me tell you, the first thing I saw today was women taking over the capitals, okay? Mm -hmm. In the marches and things that was going on. I saw it on my social media first. Then I saw some of those same people in the videos of the women who were out there interrupting the broadcast this morning. Then I saw some of those same people on the news. So what we... We don't know. We we just wanted to come back on. We want to kind of keep this going. Angela and I are going to once again put our heads together and figure out what does it mean becoming leading women. And it may we may even drop to becoming because Michelle Obama might say, "Wait, that's mine," and we may just go leading mm-hmm. women. You know, but mm-hmm. right now today, this is an inaugural um, discussion that we're having. That we're gonna we gotta figure out. Do we want to continue to do it weekly? Do we want to do it biweekly? I think there's so much going on now for women that we can continue to do this weekly. I don't have a problem pulling up a stool yeah. and coming in and yep. talking. And we we're two women who can talk. Uh, we both have a lot of <laughs> great things going on. I think that it. I think that this has really sparked something in in both of us. And uh, and we all mm-hmm. know some amazing. We both know some amazing uh, women that we can probably get to bring them into this sector. Cause I think as one, we're still trying to bring women here, right? Yes. So we're trying and get more, um, get more to dial in. You mentioned also in our conversation, a book. What was that? Fanny? Oh yes. The world according to Fanny Davis. Um, Bridget M. Davis is the author and if I love this book, it's on my desk. I, I did the audio. So it's a memoir written by a daughter about her mother. And Fanny Davis was a numbers runner in Detroit from like the 60s through the 90s. Uh, and she had a little, uh, so which basically numbers, the number, I mean, you know, if you don't know what it is, it's like an, it's like an <laughs> underground lottery. Uh, and, and in fact, private lotteries, formed this country right this is something that was historically part of the country the states tried to control it and regulate it and and take it from from individuals so this was something that started with individuals and individuals grew wealth either running private lotteries or winning private lotteries so understanding that this you know we've got criminalized but it got criminalized because the raw the air quote wrong people had control of it, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, Fanny Davis, she was not a criminal, right? She just ran a little numbers out of her house. And her story is exceptional to me from the point of view of entrepreneurship. There were times that I had chills, like hair standing up on my arms, of her ability to pivot, to deal with changes in the market. Uh, you know, when this, this in Michigan, when the state of Michigan started the lottery, was it going to put her out of business? It is an incredibly riveting story if you're interested in just how somebody picks up on something they know they have a talent at it and they go with it and it is a fantastic story so if you get a chance to read the book or the audio 
that's a great book and hopefully one that we can in- incorporate here. But the um, Bridget Davis has been interviewed many places. I think I heard her on Fresh Air. So um, almost everything I hear on Fresh Air. So you can mm-hmm. go just go listen on Fresh Air. Look it up. Bridget Davis, The World According to Fanny, F-A-N-N-I-E Davis, which is her mother. And it is, I mean, you look at this and I thought, this is not the story that we hear about leading women. This is a woman who was a leader in her community. She was a leader in her family. She provided for her family. And she became um, a person who was looked to as a leader in the community who took care of people that were in need because she had mm. money. She wasn't super, she wasn't, a, she wasn't a millionaire, but she always had some money. And what she was able to do with that and the impact that she was able to have on the lives of her family and her community, I thought this is what, this is what, female leadership looks like a lot of times we we are leaders and we don't even really realize it because we're mm. leading in these smaller groups we're leading in our family in our community and they in these areas of interest and we're getting it done we're ta- we're making sure that the sick get taken care of we're making sure that the hungry get fed we make sure all the kids have school clothes and you know this kid who needs some help going to college well here's a little extra money for you right this mm-hmm. is the stuff that women have been doing that has not been recognized as leadership, but is. And so I think that something that I'm excited for that you and I can do with this is that we can look at Michelle Obama. We can look at Oprah. We've talked about um, uh, Valerie Jarrett or Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. We can look at these kinds of women, but then we can look at somebody like Fannie Davis, right? Mm-hmm. Who is only known because her daughter decided to write her story down, right? Wow. And is, but is known in a community of people who still remember her. But now, because her daughter wrote her story down, many I know her story, right? I can mm-hmm. be motivated and inspired by her story. So hopefully mm-hmm. we can find those kinds of stories, either that are not getting as much attention or, let me say, among our own friend groups, among people we know. I, when, you know when we were getting ready to go to Michelle Obama, I'm like, I only know cool women. <laughs> and you, you brought together a great group, such a great group. Oh, my God. So, so it's been so much fun. And so, you know, it's like there's so many interesting women doing interesting things in different ways that I think that being able to say, here's what here's what women are doing. Here's how they're, do- they're coping with whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. also then how do we all up level? Because this is what women do. They up level and they take everybody with them. Right. This is this is why they say educate a girl. This is the this is in, you know, in uh, globally. Um education and healthcare for girls in developing countries, because you educate a girl, you bring the whole, you, you, you elevate a whole community, mm-hmm. you elevate a whole family, a whole, you know, a whole region because the women are always for the most part. I mean, you know, yeah. there's always somebody, but for the most part, we're always reaching back down to pull somebody up. Right. So let's, let's get in that ladder, right. Who can pull mm-hmm. us up and who can we pull up? So. And that's and that's our hope. That's our hope with yeah. this, guys. All right. So, because I know people are probably looking for the Michelle Obama uh, podcast, and <laughs> I know it's even a different color. You see, I made it. Pink. I see you did. Uh, I made it pink, and the thumbnail that I just created is also has has pink as well on there. Um, but becoming leading women, leading women. Um, we, we 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 we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But this and- is what we're going to do. Go ahead. And I was going to say, if you are a leading woman, reach out to us. If you know a leading woman, reach out to us. If there's something you think that would be interesting that you want to engage, let us know. Mm-hmm. Because this, you know, we went through becoming pretty in a pretty straight linear fashion. But now 
Now we're going to jump off and go into the great beyond. So if you've got a good idea, if you're listening to this, you know, we are very reachable. <laughs> there Just you send go. us, send us a link, <laughs> send us a, you know, and you can find us. Just send it to us and, right. uh, and, and we'll see what we can do with it. Right. And we'll keep it short and sweet. We're right at right mm-hmm. now, exactly at um, 30 minutes of coming on and getting started. Hey, Vern just jumped on there. So guys, we're going to, we're going to go, like I said, we just wanted to kind of just be consistent and to mm-hmm. uh, keep connected. And so, like I said, Angela is at Angela Stalkup on Twitter. I'm at Dryer Buzz on Twitter. And uh, we'll be doing this in the fashion. So if you ever want to jump in, somebody wanted to jump in earlier, <clears throat> but I was like, let me wait. Let's see who that is. If they stick around. So um, Tuesdays, right around four o'clock Eastern standard time. We're both uh, live from Atlanta and uh, there's a lot going on this summer in Atlanta. Can't wait to tell you guys all about that. But um, as far as, Hey, listen, if something is happening with women, we want to be here. Angela is, I think Angela is pretty much going to embed herself in whatever Stacey Abrams decides to do coming mm-hmm. up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I'm, I'm a Well, you fan. know what? I, I went out to, <clears throat> and I'm going to let you go because I'm already getting a dry mouth, but I went <laughs> out to a taste, our taste event and I was surprised to see campaigning going on. Mm. So where I live, I think it's time, uh, I think our mayor and our chairman, I think it's time for re-election around uh, here. Because that's what happens. You get comfortable and, and it's, it's time to start again. It's time to start. And we do. I mean, we've got, you know, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms that we can explore. Well, I, and, and... I live outside. I live outside the city. Uh, Same. So... I am not, I am not, I am just outside the city of Atlanta. So that's not my mayor, but I think she's interesting. And, okay. um, and I think if we, I think it's, this, this is, you know, it'll be interesting well, to see I'm there's going to be a lot of women running. Expect, let me give you a historical perspective because where I live, I live, I live west of Atlanta and we had our first African-American female mayor and hmm. our first African-American female chairman. And now they will both run as incumbents. So mm. that's an entirely different election because now <laughs> it's all about accountability and how well they, you know, well, you know what an incumbent, we all know mm-hmm. what incumbents have to deal with. Um, and so I was like, whoa, why are they campaigning? There's a whole lot of campaigning going on. So I can't wait to uh, see that get amped up. So, and of course, I'm going to probably more than likely embed myself into that campaign, especially because. I have, when I relocated, I relocated inside the city limits where I used to be in the county part. Mm-hmm. So the chairman was over everything, but now I actually am under the mayor. So it's going to be, it's in politics, politics runs, politics is involved in everything. We already know that. Well, and I think it'll be very interesting, even if you do not live in Douglasville, right, mm-hmm. to hear your take on that, on that local level politics. Local local politics affects us our every day, right? This is yes. oftentimes we we miss the fact that our day to day existence is is our city, county, state level, right? Yet a lot mm-hmm. of times they don't get attention. So just look, it's a it's a model for anything and for wherever you live to better understand what's happening locally where you are to hear what's happening locally elsewhere. So it's the individual is universal, as they say, in storytelling. Mm-hmm. And so it, so even if you're not from Douglasville, there'll be something to learn. Something, even if you're not from Georgia 
um, this, what the things that Stacey Abrams, well, Stacey Abrams now has a national profile. But, yes, yes. But I think she, well, I don't know what she's going to do. <laughs> but Right, we don't she, know. <laughs> I mean, it's All truly, truly, Stacey. truly. <laughs> exactly. But even if it's just something in Georgia, it is relevant to wherever, mm-hmm. you know, the things that happen in one place are, are probably ha- happening elsewhere. And so it helps you to sort of start looking for, hmm, where is this happening near me? So Right, where is it, yep. where is it going? Where is it going? And, yep. and, keep, and again, and last thing, but in, in politics, it's like, you know, if depending on what Stacey tr- decides to go for, while, while we may get a chance to vote for her uh, as our representatives, she could still go to D.C. Mm-hmm. And based on whatever committees she decides to involve herself in, we could be voting for somebody because we want, let's just say, we want a woman in that office because we've been very heavily represented by men in the state mm-hmm. of Georgia on a national level. We, we could make that decision. Okay, we like to see a woman in that position. But then we send a woman and then she heads up a committee that's impacting people on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So that's why you need to, hey, Yolanda, Angela, I need you guys to go and vote, you know, because mm-hmm. you, never, you never know, especially when it comes to national representation. So you guys, they're, they're getting ready to cycle in, recycle in. So I'm going to let you guys listen from the beginning. Um, again, if you didn't catch it, Oprah did launch, uh, did drop a free book. Um, it's called The Path Made Clear. I played a clip of that. We're both listening to that. Angela also talked about another book that was recently on the interview circuit. And what was it called again, Angela? The The World According to Fanny Davis by Bridget M. Davis. All right. So we're definitely going to check that out, guys. And then we'll be back with you next week with more leading women as we are on a journey to becoming leading women. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, Angela, I'll catch you offline. All right. Are you guys feminist? Bye. Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz.